Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Suave. I've been in my back for a while, I'm invincible. Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical. Calling on my bros one time, cause you special. I had some who dreams of right rounds for my mentor. Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil. Different road change relationships, I'm so sorry. Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly. Now. With NFL playoffs right around the corner and the NBA season in full swing, Bet Online has you covered with all the up to the second odds, news, and scores. With additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile, you can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today to get into the action and see all the updated odds. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-B, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. All righty, guys, we are back with another episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Robinson, and today we have a special, special guest, guys. I know I say that every episode, guys, but today's is a truly, truly special guest, and before I give her her grand introduction, guys, you know we got to get the business out of the way. So if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you stop what you're doing, click that subscribe button, give us a thumbs up. It goes a long, long way. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, go ahead and like the show, give us a five-star rating, give us some feedback, you know what I mean? It goes a long way in letting us know that, that, that you guys are enjoying the show as well as just getting this show out to more and more people who love to hear about the things that we're talking about on the What's In Your Bag podcast. That was my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro. This is going to be him on the outro as well. Make sure you guys are streaming his music, one of the hottest up-and-coming artists out of the DMV, man. Guys, show love to the hometown. But without further ado, guys, like I said, we have a special, special guest today. Um, this guest is somebody who is close to my heart. Obviously, we have met recently, obviously out in LA, but somebody who um, does amazing, amazing work in the photography space, in the videography space, content creation space. Uh, somebody who is extremely talented, but is an ex- even better person. Um, somebody who I had the pleasure of spending a lot of time with over the break. We'll get into that shortly. But we are honored to have What You Doing, Jody, on the podcast. Jody, how are you doing today? Thank you for coming on the show with us. Hey, and the Oscar goes to Drew. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm chilling. I'm I'm really happy to be on this podcast with you. Be and honored that you asked me to. So here we are. (laughs) Oh, no doubt, definitely an honor to have you on as well. Um, guys, a little backstory here. Obviously, like I mentioned, um, people who are listening to this probably know Jody because of her wonderful photography and videography skills. It was crazy because I was, I was texting in my group chat last night, right, Jody, a little BTS. I was like, yo, guys, that's my co-host. I was like, yo, you guys want to come on? Like, this is what I'm having on. I seen your Instagram profile. They're like, oh, she's elite. They were like, yeah, that's a good work. She's elite. I'm like, yeah, man, she's elite, man. They're like, yeah, nah, like, that's tough. So people who are white watching, you guys already know this information, but I had the pleasure of meeting Jody out in LA uh, over Christmas break. And I was taking a break from my coaching gig out in Connecticut and um, honestly, I can say, man, from the moment that I met you at that first Clippers versus Hornets game, I feel like we all like just we click, you know what I mean? Like, um, and if you guys have been following us on Instagram and you already know, we have a little family, a little group called the Peanut m ms you know what I mean? That consists of myself, yes, gang, 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 <laughs> Jody Ashton, who we also had on the podcast a few weeks ago, 
and my guy Isaiah, who hoops overseas in Israel. Um, shout out to you guys. Shout out to the M&Ms and the gang. So we're going to get into that, man. But honestly, I just want to say, Jody, it's honestly been a pleasure to be able to just get to know you over these past few weeks. I feel like I've known you forever now. <laughs> a lot of times we've hung out. Um, but yes, guys, this episode I'm super, super excited about. We're going to get into Jody's journey through photography and a bunch of other things. But um, before we get into that, you know, how we met and everything like that, I want to ask you, man, you just got back from Paris or, or Paris, Paris, as we should say. So um, obviously they had the NBA games out in Paris. So talk about that. Like what was... What was the vibe out there in Paris? How was the games? Um, and then just, yeah, what was that whole experience like getting out there to go shoot? Man, Paris, like, if you asked me if I would ever, like, kind of just find myself there, maybe, like, five, ten years ago, like, I would never have imagined um, just, like, the way that it came up and me agreeing to go kind of just came, like, came so smoothly. Um, and only... I feel like only at this point of my life because basketball was involved and it's like, it was just like a quick, like easy yes for me. I'm like, Oh, Paris bet. Like, let's go. Like, and honestly, the trip turned out just like, just so much more amazing than I would have even thought. Cause like I went into it kind of, kind of just like not expecting much at all. And the way I go about things is like, just go with the flow. Like, hey, like if I just show up, if I say yes to this, something's gonna like happen for me. And that's what happened. Like we um, went with a couple girls and they're all amazing girls in the sports industry. Um, shout out to them, Victoria, Keith, Hannah, just made the trip like that much better for me. Um, we showed up, a um, couple of them had um, each of their own personal projects that they were working on. And um, we were able to combine and watch the NBA game there. And that itself was just like, it was cool. It was cool. Just like, I really wanted to just like see the culture over there and like just being there, you know, people emphasize like how big of a deal it was to have an NBA game there. Cause um, a lot of them, a lot of people there just have never been able to witness an NBA game in person. So sometimes we would just pop into a random restaurant and turns out, you know, the restaurant owner, we start talking to him. He's turns out he's like, Oh, I got tickets to the game. I'm so excited. My first game ever. So that was cool. Um, but the culture is definitely, it's a little different. Like I'm not gonna lie being in LA, you know, our basketball culture is huge and I'm used to just, uh, you know, all the hype and stuff like that. And it's different than other places. But um, it was just interesting to like view the differences in entertainment and like, you know, they're not super flashy over there. Um, they're more into like, you know, let's put on the people of the streets, like the drum line. Um, so that's, it's cool that they spotlight that type of stuff. Um, a lot of like street artists, I would say. So, um, I loved, it was, it was a five day short trip. I loved everything that I took in, but definitely kind of feeding to like, go back and like, hopefully, you know, taking more sightseeing and learning more French. Um, yeah, just the vibes there. Yeah. yeah. I saw you up there rubbing shoulders with Tony Parker, you're taking pictures by the Eiffel Tower. I mean, how about what, what was the off the court experience like just being out there in Paris? 
Oh man, like first of all, I was freezing. So and it was really tough because just we we decided let's just pack a carry-on, let's not worry about lost luggage. <laughs> so it was definitely um it definitely had to be pre-planned. And that's not something I'm like used to as well. I'm I'm very like, let me dress how I feel type of day. Um and so it was a lot of me just like, you know what? I just got to make it work. Like, even if I'm not feeling this fit, I just got to make it work. Put it together, stay warm, whatever. Um, I think it's just kind of gives you a sense of freedom. Like, hey, like, let me just enjoy in this like foreign city. I definitely went in like super unprepared, like did not really, did not look into, you know, what, what's different over there, the, the plug outlets. Um, was not prepared for that, but you know, still made it work. I had that adapter. Yep, yep, yep. So I just went into it, kind of just like it was just like a nice breath of like crispy, cold air, and yeah, it just it was fun to like go out and just um try to explore solo. Now you're talking about the kind of spontaneity of you being able to pack a carry on and eh, if I like this fit, I know that might, must've been tough for you, Jody, as a certified stepper, like you are, you know what I mean? Someone will be putting that shit on, on a regular. You gotta talk about the fits, Jody, you know what I mean? Because that is something that I would say from the outside looking in, you got that, you got that down to a T, you know what I mean? The swag is there. So I want to ask you, where does, where does that fashion sense come from? You know what I mean? Is it <clears throat> something that you just, gravitated towards as you got older you always like fashion you know what I mean and how would you describe your unique sense of style Ooh, appreciate the compliments um that's a that's a good question because let me think I'm not gonna lie like growing up high school I definitely dressed pretty dorky I had glasses <laughs> I had this sweater with one basketball sweater that I loved and it was my only one at the time so I just rock it like every day so <laughs> that fashion sense was not there um let me think I don't know I feel like for one I've always wanted to rock with like things that just really resonate to myself and so the more you know just growing up when I got my own money, I feel like I was able to explore like different brands, different. Um, I really got into some vintage rework brands like Frankie, um, taking like jerseys and like making them, you know, chic. So I would describe my my style as like a sporty chic um, coming from like a tomboy sense of dressing growing up. Um, I just wanted to start incorporating a little more like femininity in it um but yeah just I just you know when people ask me like where I'm from I might say LA but um I more so claim like the west coast I'll just say like I'm a chill west coast girl like I love R&B you know just laid back comfy um so I get like a lot of cargo baggy pants. Like I love like an oversized look as you, you can see now. Yeah. It's funny because people pin me as like, oh, you're, you, you, you wear a small, right? I'm like, nah, give me like a medium, large, like give it, give me oversized. <laughs> I was about to say the day I met you, you were rocking the oversized Aaliyah T <laughs> with some blue, I think oversized, I'm not sure if they were blue jeans or they were cargo pants, 
But I was like, it was giving Mary Bus like vintage, like throwback. I was like, that's a vibe. That's a vibe for sure. Do you feel like, because I was talking, we talked to uh, Terrence Mann about it when we had him on the podcast. And he was like, he's, he's from the East Coast. He's from out here. And I think he was born in New York, but kind of grew up in New York, Massachusetts, very East Coast. And then going to play for the Clippers in LA, it's like, we were talking about how being in LA, you kind of have to dress a certain way. Like people, being in LA, especially if you're going to a, a game or whatever, you come into the arena, it's kind of like, damn, I got to pop out. Because you look at the sideline, people walking by wearing crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, so do you feel like when you're going to work, when you're showing up to games, do you feel like you got to put on a fit? Or is it kind of like, I'm going to just wear whatever I want regardless? You know what I mean? I feel that. Um, I mean, I hear that it's different. It's different definitely between the LA teams. So Lakers is a whole different story for me doing the, going to Clippers games. I honestly don't feel that way. Um, I think like it's, I love that I can just kind of pull up if I feel like just wearing a hoodie and throw on some jeans, like I'll, I'll wear just that. And like, but if I do feel like, you know, just um, for me, it's more like, it's not like, oh, I'm a pop out today. It's like, oh, what do I feel like throwing together? So it's like, you know, the Leah fit, it was just like, oh, I got this, this shirt. I got these pants, like throw them together. I feel good. Like, it's like, for me, it's, you don't ever want to feel too flashy. It's mm -hmm. like in LA, it's like, you got to dress, but you can't look like you're trying too hard unless it's like mm -hmm. a big, big event. But for, for, you know, a lot of the media, when we show up, it's like, we're, we're working, yeah. but it's nice to be able to like wear what I like when I'm working as opposed to a uniform or like restrictions. Cause I've been used to that. Like just, you know, a lot of um, people telling you what not to wear. And I'm just glad that I can express myself like freely. Like this is how I feel like dressing today. Yeah. Love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So kind of switching gears into your photography journey, you know, um, I know you played, you know, back in the day. So talk to us about kind of like your just transition into photography. I know there was a time where you put the camera down and kind of had to come back to it, you know, a few years later. So just talk to me about what kind of got you into this space um, and then how that has kind of transformed over the years. Got you. Um, I will say, so I've always been kind of a late bloomer. I started playing basketball in eighth grade and that's because my best friend she randomly just invited me um after school one day she's like hey you you want to come to my basketball practice I was like okay sure um and it turns out like they were looking for players so I, me I had no athletic background I was just like this skinny little scrawny girl um but I guess I kind of got into it um and then just it just never stopped since then like I just I think like for me it was a sense of like a new commitment like hey now we got Saturday practices we got Sunday games like let's do it we get the cardio in and um yeah I, and I was pretty short at the time <laughs> from what I remember so I got my growth spurt at the same time I started playing basketball um and from that, I just stuck with it. Um, I only played one year in high school, but I kept with it, played in the Asian leagues, played intramurals in college. It just was a source of fun for me. Like that's really where all my real like 
lifelong friends have come from is through hooping. Like to this day, I still keep in touch with my um, team from college, um, my teammates from Asian basketball. And yeah, it's just hoops really like connects, like really has helped me connect with others. Yeah. I think that that's the great thing about basketball is like, it is a game, but like it, it you have no choice but to create like lifelong bonds and lifelong relationships, whether you're playing basketball, whether you're coaching basketball, whether you're in the media. Um, I think it's crazy to see the things that can come from just a game. You know what I mean? Even like go, getting into kind of how we all came together. It's like, I was telling Isaiah when we were, we were when I got to his house, I'm like, yo, you have your tickets to the Clippers game. You know, let's go. And it was crazy because when I first went to LA, I was like, all right, like when I, first of all, I moved my flight as I played with you guys. So I was only supposed to be there for seven days. I was like, all right, I got seven days in LA. And I'm like, all right, how can I maximize this seven days? I need to be able to network. I need to be able to set up meetings. I need to be able to like meet people and connect. Cause last time I was here, it was for six weeks. This time I got seven days. How do I cram six weeks of things into one week? And I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm going to the Clippers game. And it's crazy because I think I went to like three Clippers games that week. I just got lucky that they had like three home games when I was there. And the amount of people that I was able to meet, like from yourself to um, Devin, to Chance, to like all the people that were at the Switch Coaches Networking event, Cassie, like Cassie Thino, all these people. I'm like, yo, basketball, this is the best networking event that I could ever go to. Just by going to a Clippers game and walking around the baseline and just talking to people and seeing people when you meet friends coming into the town and people who, it was crazy. I met one of my boys, uh, Trey Mena, I had him on the podcast and his dad is there. He like stopped me, yo, I saw your podcast with Trey. Like I never met him, but it was like, yo, I know your dad now. I have a photo with your dad and I've never met you before, but we met in person at a basketball game. And it's like those kind of relationships, those type of things that come about, you can't really replicate that unless I don't know. You can't replicate that in many other areas of life. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I think that's super valuable for sure. No, exactly. Like it, it just reminds me sometimes I'll stop and think like, yo, like I've, I've definitely made um, my friend circles from like hooping growing up. But ever since I transitioned to like the media um, part of it, like it continued. Like I still, I've like to this day, some of like my closest friends right now are made were made like ever since um we're just made from meeting them in spaces that I've been in with my camera in the hoop scene so it's like it's just it just like makes me really happy to be doing what I'm doing yeah I saw the uh the podcast that you actually did with, with Chance and them you guys were talking about the camera is yo man you never know the amount of relationships you can form with a camera taking pictures I was like yo See, I'm not a photographer, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, I'm like, dang, that's really a finesse. I'm like, I pick up a camera, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's funny, but we're talking about relationships. We're talking about media. We're talking about all the different things that can come from basketball. I feel like it's only right that we get into the peanut M&Ms and how we kind of came about. Because this is how this podcast came about. Hey. It's crazy because I think that the older that I've gotten, the longer that I've been into, into this industry, I've realized the number one, how challenging it is to have genuine friends and people who are not your friend because of something that you can do for them or a transaction, you know what I mean? So for the audience, you know what I mean? This is, I'll, I'll recap my recollection, you know, of how the group came together. 
obviously we had a Clippers game. Turn out, come in and warm ups. I meet Jody as soon as I walk in the arena on the baseline. And it's crazy because we had already been following each other on social media through the all facts stuff. I'm like, I know you, I know you. Boom, start a conversation. And from there, uh, me and Isaiah came to see what you guys second half uh, of the game. We're up there taking pictures with Devin, content, getting a little content, everybody's working, you know what I mean? And uh, it started with Yard House. The first <laughs> peanut M&M's outing was a, a trip to Yard House after the game. And um, I remember from there, obviously it was another game. The next game was the Grizzlies game. And we were talking about New Year's plans, which was when the group chat came alive. Now, I want to get your perspective on the name. Because in my mind, I feel like I came up with the name of the group chat. But I want to get your perspective on the name Peanut M&M's. Can you explain... I'm gonna explain a few. I'm gonna explain it in my perspective, but I feel like you have to explain the peanut M&M's name to the people because they're probably like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Peanut M&M. Let's see. Oh man, it's hilarious. Cause who is it? It was Ashton at first. That's like, oh, I got it. I got a name for the group chat. We're like, all right, all right. What is it? Let's hear it. Silence. But <laughs> then Drew. So. The way I see it, um, because remember you guys had you guys had made your little popcorn mixes, and I think you had threw in the M and M's, right? Uh, Isaiah did throw in the M and M's. Okay, it was Isaiah. We seen it. We're like, yo, yeah, like I, I said, like that's an actual thing. Like I've never heard that. that before. That was news to me. Yeah, it's a thing. I still can't think of what it's called, but there's a name for that mix, and. So, you know, we just like the usual, like just clowning each other. And next thing I know, like the next morning, we I wake up to Drew has named the group chat Peanut M&M. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess like each of us kind of had our little like justification. Like you said, like, oh, there's a little chocolate, there's a little peanut butter, you know, like it is what it is. You guys, you guys have your little arguments about light skin, dark skin, like behaviors all the time. I'm just, I'm just there to <laughs> listen and observe, <laughs> but, um, honestly, like it, I feel like at this point it couldn't have been like a more perfect name. Like the, that the rate that we just like will come across M&Ms like in a random store. Like I was out in Paris, I seen M&Ms. I'm like, Oh, let me snap it real quick. You know, let them know I'm thinking of them. And then they even had that little, uh, they had the big ass oh, the statue thing. Yeah, with a little baguette, you know, like I love that that it's so like relevant and the fact that we can just like, you know, and throw up the M's, like it's just it's it was smooth. And I think it's just like a silly little name. And when we bring it up to other people, they'd be like, huh? Like, but it don't matter. Like <laughs> it makes sense to us. And it's just fun when I get to like tell people like, yo, like we got this little group, like been fun like ever since you know just before the new year happened like we've just been going strong with it yeah. <laughs> i was talking to isaiah i think this might have been the day i was before my flight left and we were just like reflecting on the week and stuff and i was like yo bro i've been here for 10 days i'm like bro we've seen we've seen ashton and jody six times like we hung out <laughs> six times throughout my 10 days that i was in la i was like bro and none of it was like forced. All of it was like, okay, we try doing tomorrow. We try doing at the game. Oh, at the game, we want to go eat. We try doing New Year's and it just flow. And the next thing you know, we're at Universal the last day. 
<laughs> I feel like bringing it full circle, I think that I know for me personally, I was talking to him like, yo, bro, I haven't met people that I've clicked like that with off of like the rip, off of like, I just met you, let's hang out. And now we're like, dang, I feel like I've known y'all forever. Like that doesn't happen too often. And again, I think both of us being for you in the photography space and myself in this podcast media space, like it's not often that you can connect with people in the industry and it's not transactional. Like, hey, okay, yeah, I'll hang out with you if you can get me into this event or I'll hang out with you if you can send me these pictures and then I'll, you know what I mean? Like it's always like a give and take. And I think that, for me, I'm definitely grateful. I know we always, like, we, we joke about the peanut M&Ms and this and that, but it does feel good to be able to have a circle of people who are all doing kind of separate things, whether we're hooping, whether Ashton is doing the switch cultures and the entrepreneurship and the photography. We're all kind of in different lanes, but like we all can support each other, you know what I mean? And just be there for each other on a strictly like, yo, I want to see you win, nothing else. You know what I mean? Um, and I kind of want to get your perspective on that as well, because I think that's something that I felt too and I know even it's probably even more for you being in the photography and videographer space when there's so many people in that niche, right, who are taking pictures and trying to compete to get invites, you know, for events or work with certain players. I know it can kind of get competitive in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, and I know sometimes it's lonely because it's like, dang, all right, like I want to be able to do these type of things and have, you know, genuine friends. But at the same time, we are in the same way, kind of competing for the same jobs, right? So I just kind of wanted to get your perspective on, on how you've been able to kind of navigate friendships and relationships within this space um, that you're in so far. Yeah. Um, well, as far as the peanut M&Ms, I feel like you pinned that like right on the head. Like um, at the end of the day, like we'd be having fun, we'd be clowning with each other. We have like all these inside jokes going on, but I really appreciate that. You know, I remember one time, I think at another yard house trip, um, at the end of the night, we kind of just like went into like, yo, so what are your goals for 2024? And like, we just like, we're real, like we went deep with it. We're like, yo, this is what I want. And it's like, I feel like us being there in that moment, like hearing each other's goals spoken out loud. It's like, you know, we're locked in with supporting each other, seeing each other like win. Yeah. And like every little thing, like we we be in our group chat, but on our socials, like we be like, you know, I see each other, like we be hyping each other up. Like, I love it. And that's like real love right there. Um, and yeah, the fact that, you know, I will say like, I have like, there's so many people in um, the creative industry that I've met that, you know, I absolutely adore. Like, I just, I can feel the genuine vibes of like, just um, real support and love. Like, that's what's gotten me so far is like, just people showing love. Um, and, but I think, you know, the, the timing of everyone's journey is different. So it's like, sometimes like some people like they're, you know, focused on different aspects. They might not be, uh, some of my friends are like, they're just booked and busy. So it's like, they don't always have time to like hang out like the way we were able to. Yeah. And, um, it was just a time in our life where we're like, yo, like we got some kind of free time. We made time for each other and it was just going off good vibes. like just bouncing off each other so that was definitely a fun little uh what seven days you were here <laughs> but made a 10 I made a 10 moved the hell out yeah, my exactly push back <laughs> flight <laughs> and that was awesome like it ended on with a bang um yeah. but as far as like just everyone in general in the space yeah there's definitely you know competitive vibes you know there's I myself um 
I'm a skeptical person in general. Like I don't trust easily. So it's like, you know, I like, I will say, I don't know. I, I, I observe a lot. I, I peep and observe and I take notes. Like that's how, you know, I won't like, I won't kind of like show my moves right away, but I'll be like, you know what? Okay. I see you. Like I will, no matter what I, I always, you know, say to myself, like, look, like I know who I am. I'm not going to change up like, because someone else like doesn't treat me the same way, but it's like, you know, sometimes you just got to like observe how people might treat you or, um, and kind of just like, uh, change up your moves a little bit, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, yeah. um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I feel like for me, I think we can all elevate. We can all eat. There's space for everyone. Um, there is a little sense of like stepping on toes. Like, I feel like people, we should all learn that, you know, people just got to take turns like with the spotlight. Yeah. When you see others win, like clap for them. Cause when it's your turn, you would want the same thing. So. Thanks. Yep. Jim, <laughs> gotta take turns with the spotlight. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, what do you think people could do to kind of, I guess, create some of those more genuine relationships? You know what I mean? Like, cause I think people always, I think, and this is kind of a constant battle that I have, right? When you meet people, right? Because on the one hand, you want to be able to network and say, hey, you know, I'm Andrew, right? The first time I met you, we, although yeah, I know who you are, this and that, but it wasn't like, hey, I want you to come on the podcast tomorrow. I was like, hey, like, you know, what's up? And we kicked it and we built a relationship and then cool. You know what I mean? But it's also people who, at the end of the day, you do want to be able, you never know if you're going to be able to hang out with somebody six times within a week. That might be the only time you see them. And it's like, okay, you have to balance. Hey, I want to let you know what I do and be able to kind of network and say, hey, this is how I can, you know, help you. This is how you can help me. But you also want to, I guess, be careful of not coming off like, okay, I'm only talking to you. I'm only introducing myself to you because I want something, right? You do want to be able to form a relationship with somebody first. So based on your experience with that, like how have you been able to kind of walk that fine line between like relationship building on the one hand versus like, all right, networking and trying to let people know like, hey, I'm Jody, I'm a photographer. This is what I can do. Um, if you ever need, you know what I mean? Like how do you kind of balance those two things? That's, honestly that that's a tough one still like I'm still trying to navigate my way through like hey like I know that's someone real important like I should introduce myself mm -hmm. and sometimes you know it's a factor of like do I got the balls at the moment like what's the what's the environment what's the vibes like stuff like that and I think to help me stay grounded is like you know what like um for one keeping in mind like you know it's it's a long game it's you know you're not just trying to like boom 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 get in the room like get everyone's contact like instantly because that's not it's not gonna like work out that way um so sometimes just like keep in mind like hey if I stay in this scene like you know what um it's actually turned out that way sometimes for me like hey I might see one see somebody that I want to connect with and not talk to them at that point but another event comes up and you know then I get to meet them in a more like um fitting setting so you know just keeping in mind like hey like sometimes you just gotta like um think like yo I might see them again and the second thing is like 
you know, you win some, you lose some. So mm-hmm. sometimes you might like beat yourself up like, yo, like I didn't talk to this person. That might be my only chance. Sometimes that is. But um, what I like to remember is like what's meant for you will be for you. So it's like, you know what? Like, I feel like we're all out there trying to like make it to the top and like everyone wants to like gather all these wins. But life like that's not how life works. Like you got to lose, you know, in basketball, too. Sometimes you lose and it's like you know what, like, all right, move on to the next, like, because someone else will still come up for you, like, as long as you keep going, um, you'll be able to, yeah, like, I, like, there's different instances where it's like, okay, you know what, like, I'm a, I'm gonna go talk to them, like, even though I'm, like, nervous as hell, like, I'm gonna get the balls and go talk to them, like, sometimes you just, um, it might just be sporadic, but it's like, as long as you keep these, like, gems in your head, like, you stay grounded with like what you're doing yeah now i want to talk to you about kind of your photography journey right and one thing that i guess i that stuck out to me when i heard your story was how you kind of said you picked up photography and initially kind of did a little bit in school and you kind of put the camera down and then over covid around 2020 then picking the camera back up and now it's kind of taken off right and i feel like it's crazy that so like what you just said, what's meant for you will be for you. You know what I mean? And it's like that couple of years where you put the camera down, you come back to it and boom, everything kind of aligns and it takes off, right? And sometimes you do have to kind of take a take two steps back or take one step back, take two steps forward. You know what I mean? Um, the art of like falling in love with something again or losing something and then having to get it back, right? For you, talk about like what that process was like when you were trying to get back into photography, right? Like, cause it's easy to be like, you know what? That was one chapter of my life, I'm done. I'm not going back to it, right? So what was the thing that kind of drew you back into it for a second time and allowed you to not be discouraged and say, hey, you know what? Uh, it didn't really work out for me the first time, so I'm never going to pick it up again. Because clearly, I mean, hindsight is 2020, but the, the, the choice to kind of get back into it has obviously worked out very well for you. So. You know, what's that process like? What was that process like for you? Because I'm sure that there are people who are listening to this now who might be at a crossroads, it's like, dang, do I keep going with this? Like, is it time to give it up? You know, do I need to take a step? You know what I mean? Take a step back. So um, what was that process like for you? What was going through your mind at that time when you were deciding whether you were going to get back into photography or not? Hmm, let's see. 2020. Um, so just a little backstory. So I first kind of fell in love with photography um when I took a class in high school and it was like one of those old school like got a red room develop your own film like you got to learn to like expose it right um fell in with that um my family supported it they bought me my first DSLR Canon um and with that like I took that um throughout college and I was a girl at like all the the kickbacks and parties with my camera just like snapping away snapping memories on throwing up on Facebook <laughs> uh back in the day when we you know put put together all the albums on Facebook before Instagram was a thing yeah. um and um so I I look back and I'd be like yo like I had hella albums I would shoot like I would you know bring it shoot my friend's dogs um the beach uh graduation photos but I think I would say like the 
respect for photography may not have been there as much because like nowadays with the social media with Instagram like needing the perfect like Instagram worthy photos like that wasn't really a thing back then I would say it was more just like stamp test step here's all the memories for this album boom like people would be like they'd enjoy it and then move on but um so I tried to kind of stay with my creative creativeness um through college but it was it was hard it was dwindling because um what I was studying was nothing related to the arts or create you know creative um work so I tried to you know keep it up with taking extra classes on the side for graphic design I was really into that at the point um and then at some yeah then after graduating you know working in the real life like kind of just put the camera down um and then fast forward to 2020 um I was working kind of a random job but then I picked up a second job at a gym and during that time during the pandemic it was just it was a weird time it was my role was to kind of to market um the gym and you know that we were open for certain activities but with the pandemic it was like oh we got to be we're supposed to be shut down and all that so um yeah on the low they, we we were having hoopers come in do their workouts and that was kind of my first like real exposure to the dedication that professional hoopers had like I was invited like after um shooting photos for some of the hoopers I was able to talk to them connect like they would ask for the photos and um then they started inviting me to you know a 6 a.m run and I'm like what like me I've never been a morning person in my life <laughs> so 6 a.m and it just didn't make sense to me but at that time I think that I just started um falling back in love with photography to the point where I was willing to wake up go to these 6 a.m runs for these guys and just shoot them for like just for the fun of it just to like have them share my photos and that's what I was doing and um yeah and you know like as I said when you just I just um what do you call it before I knew it like I was just showing up to the 6 a.m runs like I was looking forward to them like without them asking me anymore it's just like I was just like yo see you guys next week and yeah just like the high of like people um and granted like my photos honestly when I was a little rusty so they were trash like when I look back and nowadays some of the guys still like they'll admit to me like yeah they were good they were all right all right but they still showed love um which kind of like that kind of gave me the high to like keep going and then from there it's like damn like then I kind of got into like all the like um that's what I'm saying like I didn't go into the creative space trying to be a business I went into it like just for the love of it and it's like from there then the business side of it kind of came up and I was like wait a minute like I can actually make a living off of this like doing this so why not (laughs) yeah um I think something that you said is very important too is like a lot of times people always say love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life right and it's like I feel like the growth and the success oftentimes happen when the things that you're doing don't feel like a chore. 
when it's not like a, I got to get up and shoot these players at six in the morning, right? When it's like, you know what? I actually enjoyed photography. I actually enjoyed videography. I actually enjoy this. And me getting up is not going to feel like a chore, right? Me editing is not going to feel like a chore. I might not like doing it, but it's not like, I feel like nobody likes editing. Editing editing is tough. But at the end of the day, the art of, the art of it, of the craft, of shooting, of being in the being in the same space with the athletes and things like that um, is where you can kind of grow. I think that goes for whatever you're doing in life, whether you've got an office job, whether you're a, a lawyer, an arts and craftsman, whatever you do, the first key to success is loving what you do and thoroughly enjoying it because at that point, you'll be able to pour into it from a space that's not like resentful. You're not like, you know what, I'm doing this because I can get a check. You're doing it out of love, out of joy, and that's where you can truly see the creative juices flowing and, and things like that. So I think that that's um, super important too that I hope that people, when they hear this, will be able to take from that as well. Um, so kind of going from that, right, when you're taking the pictures at the gym, right? And you're like, damn, my pictures were a little trash. You know, I will admit to now, right? The next three years, right? How did that process go from, I guess, leveling up, being able to get into shooting the Clippers games and doing all these crazy type of events, right? Like what were the steps that you took in order to, um, I guess, build up your own personal portfolio? Because I think a lot of people have a camera and want to get into photography, but it's like, they might not be able to get into these rooms. They might not be able to just, get access to the Clippers game or access to go pull up on some pros at a 6 a.m. run. So, like, how were you able to kind of, I guess, put yourself in the right spaces to, at the end of the day, end up elevating your portfolio? You know what I mean? Because I think that's tough. Everybody wants to do it, but it's like, all right, what are the steps that I need to take in order to do that? That's, yeah, that I get asked that a lot. Um, and, like, you know, sometimes I'll get DMs from, um, beginner photographers or creatives trying to get into it and um, like I think back like I I get told a lot like yo like you came up quick like over the three years it's like yeah it's kind of just been like like they just flew by and like I am where I am now and it's been a blessing um, I will say like I mean from where I started um, to me I feel like you know I kind of started with like uh just honestly no like going in with like no no connections like it was just like everything's been kind of built and earned like um as parts of my journey but I will say at a starting point I was lucky to have been working at the gym um that I was and uh from there just like they uh I will say I think from the beginning, there was one big event that kind of helped um, fast forward it was uh, Meta World Peace had his uh, company X versus X. They had held a run at the gym. And so meeting him there was really cool. Um, and then shooting those hoopers and um, that kind of like gave a kickstart to like me going out to a lot of the runs that they were doing and um working with x versus x um but my advice you know for people is just you know once you get you get a hold of like any type of run like you can't look at any run like as too little like oh it's just it's just street hoopers or like la fitness hoopers like every every run it has potential like for um for your work to be seen you know you just got to get out there and shoot um 
talk to the Hoopers. Like me personally, I can be shy at times. I can be introverted and not talk to anybody. <laughs> like I'll just have my camera there in the corner shooting. And then, you know, I'm just like, I'll think to myself like, oh, I'll just post them on Instagram or tag somebody that I might know. They'll find it. But um, it's worked out in ways where sometimes the Hoopers will come to me and ask me like, hey, how can I get the photo? So it's like, sometimes it's just all about like, you just got to talk to them, kind of keep up with what they're doing, like in the hoop scene, if that's what you're trying to get into. And um, that's really how it worked out for me. Like I was out there in uh, in the valley, which is like a drive for me, um, shooting outdoor hoops, like just because like you never know like what you'll catch, what they'll post. And I was just driving all over the place, like just really just staying with it. And that was all while I was working. Um, full time so I made time for it and, and I hear a lot of um, people like they're kind of at a crossroads where they want to get into it um, but obviously still want to make sure they're stable um, with income um, but yeah you kind of just have to make time for it until uh, you feel that you're ready to make that jump and you know start doing it full time but um, that's really uh yeah, I would say like the love and support that the Hoopers showed me is what took me to like next levels because every gym that I've been in to this day has been from somebody inviting me, you know, or hiring me or referring me. So it's really just like the way you come off to people, you know, like just doing good work. It's not just, sometimes it's not all about your talent. It's just like, how well can you connect with Hoopers like sometimes it, it does help to have basketball background whether you played or you're just you know a geek of the game like you just kind of got to love the game yeah now I want to talk about some of the things that people don't see when it comes to photography and some of the things that go on behind the scenes and we already mentioned a little bit about the editing right but I want you to walk us through like what a typical game day looks like for you right like I think a lot of times people see photographers and they're like, oh, this, that's just sweet. They just taking pictures of guys and posting them on the gram, right? But they're not seeing you're getting to the arena two hours before to shoot warmups. And then you're staying in the media room maybe two or three hours after, like getting the posts and editing and going to the press conferences. Then you might go home and edit and look through the stuff that you missed, right? So like for the people who might not understand the grind, could you give us like what an actual game day would look like for you um, and as far as your schedule, what the editing hours look like and what that turnout time is actually like to get the product out that we all see on social media. Yeah, I got you. So for me, that's like when it's game day, I definitely try not to schedule anything else because um, a lot of it's for me, it's just like wake up, start getting ready because I don't really pre-plan any outfits or anything. So it's just like, okay, what am I going to, throw on and it just has to feel right <laughs> um make sure sometimes it starts the night before like making sure my um gear is ready making sure sd cards are backed up and uh emptied again um batteries are charged up packed up um then i take the drive which is like close to an hour drive um we show up about three hours early just in hopes of catching like all the warmups happening. Um, game time, you know, we get into it. Uh, yeah, afterwards, the media, 
Um, sometimes we'll feel like popping into the media rooms, just, you know, see what they're uh, just depending how the game goes. Like sometimes it's like, eh, it's a, it's, it's not a big deal. Or sometimes you'll say they're like, yeah, like you said, one to two hours after um, I usually I'll do my editing at home. Cause I know like once I start editing and I'm locked in, like, I don't want to move. And it's like, I edit late into the AM. Like I am a night creature. I'll edit till maybe say like three o'clock on the usual. If it's like, if I'm really excited about the shots I have, like I'll try to go through the whole roll. And sometimes I've, I've went to sleep at 7 a.m. Um, finishing up, you know, finishing up that day. So it's definitely a grind. And, um, you know, there's a lot to it. It's like, oh, then you got to think about the whole Instagram algorithm of like, when should I post to get the most reach? Um, and for me, like sleeping at 7 a.m., I'm like, dang, like, <laughs> sometimes it's just like, oh, shoot, like I either got to prep these now wake up in an hour to post or like um it just kind of gets I, like I'm more the type like I'll post um when I have a story to post with it not just like here's what happened like from the game and this and that so I will say like I'll admit there's a lot of po there's a lot of photos that have not been seen or shared by me because I don't know I just I I'm um a little more meticulous on that. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. So I think if you had to guess, right, how when it comes to just like the a crazy night, right, or um, I guess when it comes to putting out content, whether that may be shooting, is there a night that you can remember or a day where right, you were that was super super memorable? Maybe because of maybe you were super excited about a game or a shot that you that you got, and you're like, oh, I gotta get this and get it out, right? Like, um, or maybe it was something that you work really hard on and it went viral like something that um maybe you you work really hard on or you, you, you I think sometimes in basketball right you might be like all right you might hit a certain shot like oh yeah that's the one right there and I feel like photographers you guys have those similar moments when you capture something that's going on on the court you're like oh yeah like I got that one I, I, that was the one right there like so what would you say has kind of been um some of your favorite moments when it comes to that whether it was something that you stayed up all night and edited and put out that did really well or maybe something that you shot that went viral um that's particularly memorable to you um there's I think the the moments that have stood out the most and kind of will be like core memories or like when I've had the courage to like ask players for like to take their portrait um like there's one still still like a favorite memory of mine is just like asking Cindy book to take a Polaroid picture for him and you know just being excited about that um going home editing the photos throwing up a post and then he had reposted it um in the morning I woke up to like people telling me like yo you got reposted so just stuff like that and it's like it's just you kind of get a sense of like their personalities in a way of just like how they respond to it Cause it's been kind of like a um, little mix of everything, like depending what mood they're in and stuff like that. But um, just being able to do that. And sometimes, yeah, just money shots from the game. Like those are the ones that like stick in your brain. And those are the ones like you go home and like rush to like look for and like, okay, shoot, like I'm going to post this one up. But at the same time, like there's also like a lot of, misses that 
kind of get imprinted in your brain as well. Like there's so many that we're like, ah, oh, like some, like for some reason, we see it all the time with each other. Like all the photographers are like, dang, like, um, we ask around like, yo, did you get that? Did you get that? Like, as like, as long as somebody got it, I feel like that kind of makes up for it. It's like, you know what? It's fine. Like as long as somebody like capture that to share it with the world, like we good. <laughs> One thing that I always wonder is like, I feel like there are obviously you might go to and you as you know, you go to a Clippers game, there's a million different photographers, the people that are shooting pictures, right? So we're all shooting the same game. We all might shoot the same play. Um, but at the end of the day, when you see those pictures, everybody's gonna look different. You know what I mean? So how have you been able to, I guess, I feel like for me, right? I'm I'm I feel like some people might see it like, well, dang, like what's what's the point of me shooting this if it's already Six other six seven other photographers. We all shoot the same thing. What's gonna make my pictures any different? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, how have you been able to, I guess, craft your own look and your own feel to your pictures to kind of differentiate? You know what I mean? When you're in the heat of the moment, and it's like you might be five six other photographers who all have the same shot, but you want yours to kind of look different. How do you develop that, or how have you developed that over the years as a photographer? I would say, so going from taking a class, learning all the fundamentals, um, stuff like that, and then putting down a camera and then picking it back up like years later, it was kind of like a forgotten and like, it's almost like a muscle memory. Like, okay, I know how to work a camera. I know like, you know, the um, the basic functions of like changing up the ISO, the aperture, stuff like that. I have that general um, knowledge. But going, getting back into it, I feel like I was kind of breaking all sorts of rules. Like, um, shutter, like for basketball, I just knew like I needed my shutter speed like super high. I wanted crisp photos. Um, uh, just I feel like I would have other photographers come up and ask like, "Yo, what what setting do you have for this for your ISO this and that?" And like, I would say just having settings that like weren't by the book like you kind of end up with results it it was uh, it was more so going off of like what is my what do I like personally like what did I like to see in the viewfinder um and then just putting it out like you know and I would say getting compliments on my work like definitely helps um just validate that like okay like my style is like something like people you know dig it um because I say I would say like some of the struggles other photographers would have is just like yo like I have my ISO at this like it's supposed to be at this for this for this lighting but you know I'm getting like I'm getting um having this issue and it's just like sometimes you just gotta like play with the settings and see what works like and that's how I'd say a lot of like some other creative photographers that I've like um looked up to uh, for their work and their creative eye is just like it's not the standard you know like a Getty image photo like if you think of a Getty image photo it's just it's everything's like how it's supposed to be but it's not um in the modern in today's world like with the um just I don't know how to say it, just the taste that we all have. It's like, it's, it's not, that's not what we look for. Like right. we want to like different, it just you playing with settings. And then a lot of it even comes down to like your, um, your style and like Lightroom or whatever 
editing um, software you use, it's like, okay, some, you know, a lot of us, I have like a cooler tone to mine versus like a warmer tone. Um, yeah, just, you just got to play around with settings and find what you like. <laughs> yeah, now that's fair. Um, I want to talk about some of the awesome opportunities that you've had and events that you've been able to work because um, just scrolling through the, like your Instagram, you see a bunch of different opportunities and events and things. The first one I want to talk about is, uh, first of all, being from the IE, and I got a shout out of the IE. I got on my Ontario Clippers. Uh, <laughs> so being being out there, right? I, uh, and I know you're from Chino, correct? So being from out there in Chino, what was it like? I still had the opportunity to work with Big Baller Brand and, and LeVar Ball. I feel like he, uh, obviously he's a character from the outside looking in, but what was that experience like being able to work with him? And uh, I'm sure you obviously being from there, you probably ran to him multiple times and things like that. Um, is he actually as animated as he seems on camera? Is that really how he is behind the scenes? Like we, people want to know. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I will say this is not, um, this is not known to everyone, but I didn't grow up in Chino. I did move here uh, during the pandemic in 2020. Okay, okay. Um, so I grew up in Hacienda Heights, which is not too far away, but um, just in the time being here and having that opportunity to come up um, was amazing. Um, and yes, LeVar is a character, <laughs> like every second of every day, I feel like he just has the same personality. That's just him. He doesn't switch it up for cameras or anything. Like he just loves to like put you on game. Like really, like a lot of times it's just like he would just be talking, telling stories and we were just like listening and like, yo, like that's real talk. Like um, going into it, it was like my perception was maybe a little twisted, like, ah, like LeVar just, you know, he just saying like just talking this talk. But, um, you know, look at him now. He's got his uh he's got success like however you define it um he's got pride in his own brand like you see him rocking it and just like it's funny like um just bump, be, being able to bump into him like a few times now um ever since I met him um which is really cool because he does um recognize me now from doing that um he just it's funny because he just always has some sort of catchphrase <laughs> to go with like whatever he's rocking whatever just like mindset like he just has a catchphrase and it's, it's yeah it's pretty cool does he have a catchphrase when he sees you did he, did he give you a nickname or something yet <laughs> oh let me see I don't know but he like he's definitely the type of like yo like you're taking all the pictures come take a picture with me girl like that's how it happened last time and yeah it's just been fun like and just being at his house was like a little more intimate setting. Like he gave us like bottles of his, their triple B's water. It's really good. Um, showed us their garage or like triple B rims. And we even talked about like, Oh, taco spot that they hit up. And it's like now uh, the taco spot shout out Bubba's like, he's a homie too. Like, I just love that. It's like these things that come up and like uh, me and my friend Nico that I was on the same uh, set, we were like, yo, we're going to try out the taco spot. And when we did, it's like we were able to connect with him. And it's like now it's like when we see them all together, um, it's been a couple different settings where I've seen LeVar or Bubba. And it's like it's just 
like awesome to be able to um go say what's up to them like yeah like they're the homies now <laughs> that's dope um one thing that obviously you, you talk a lot about on your instagram and you post a lot about was the the google pixel uh opportunity that you had where you got to work with drewski and the rest of the cast um how did that opportunity come about and then what was that opportunity like man because obviously everybody knows google is one of the largest platforms on planet earth and the largest search engine on the planet earth and for you to be able to secure a partnership and, and work with them uh, on that project given the fact that you just got into the got back into photography a few years before right i mean that's a crazy accomplishment you know what i mean um and so first of all hats off to you for being able to do that but um let's talk about what that experience was like um what it was like being able to work with drewski on that project and um i guess this the the emotions and being able to kind of secure that opportunity um i guess so early on thank you thank you um honestly like like i can't even pinpoint really how it happened but i will say like from me posting my work or maybe whoever's been um in my circle like the power of people sharing your work like does wonders because you just you just never know like everyone's got their circle of reach um that they have and just by them sharing your posts um you know does wonders and so I would say like social media just connecting on social media um the opportunity coming up um and it just so happens that you know them sponsoring the NBA is just like a huge deal so it's like being able to um go to the NBA events and having the Google Pixel activations there um and me being gung-ho just you know like I'm like when they hit me up it's like oh I'm already going like bet I'm there like you don't have to worry about like trying to convince me to go anywhere it's just like one just being up for everything um and to this day it still kind of like goes over my head like how like you said, like in these short three years, like how have I really been able to like reach these people and doing these like big jobs? I don't know. I can't tell you, but <laughs> you know, I just, one thing for sure is I'm, I'm gonna do it. I'm keep with it. Um, it's been a blessing just being able to um, go on these sets, shoot the BTS. Like that's what I love doing is just really capturing moments of like people, what they're doing in their lives. And it's like, there I am with my camera, like I'll, you know, freeze that moment in time for you. And I think that's what people really like appreciate. Um, so that's, you know, the, my value of being there. And <laughs> Drewski, just let me tell you, like that guy is just comedy, like also 24 seven, like even if, you know, you know, when they say cut, the cameras are, you know, off, like he still like say some punchline that he doesn't mean to be a punchline, but it's just funny. Like he's just, but he's a cool dude. He's a cool dude. Like um happy to be able to call him a homie too from just doing this uh doing the google um commercials all of that that's fire i think it's it's so crazy the opportunities that can come uh number one when you're doing something that you love but number two can come from just putting in effort and hard work for something for a, a short amount of time if you work hard and put your time into it man it's like your life can change quickly you know what i mean and you know, you've been able to do a bunch of red carpets as well, Rise and, and Shooting Stars and Spotify, all the different events that you've been able to do, right? Like, if you had to choose one that I guess was particularly memorable uh, or your favorite event that you've been able to work, like, what would you say it would have been? It would be. That's so tough. 
<laughs> that's so honestly like I don't know if I can pinpoint a favorite because I like at the end of the day there's so many memories and like it's just me feeling like blessed to have been there in the first place like you said the red carpets um like the crew league just being around these like a-list people um has been a blessing but I feel like there's always like something coming up that's going to top you know top like the last event I did mm -hmm. so it's just it's 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 me just kind of like dreaming of like oh what are the next like events that I'm going to do and um because yeah it's just like being around it's it's a mix of just like um just a lot of good memories and it's like that's why I'm just like I'm just literally just so happy to like still be doing what I'm doing and like um yeah just like I think this year just like has a lot like each year is just more about like elevating so it's like this year just has so much more in store and it's like I don't even know what's coming up but I just know it's gonna come up thanks <laughs> now speaking of events right we got to get your perspective on something that went down on one of the most infamous nights in entertainment history recently, because speaking of major events that you've worked, uh, you got the opportunity to shoot the Oscars after party, you know, you're shooting Will and Jada and the whole Smith family, you know what I mean? On the night that the infamous slap took place <laughs> with Will Smith and Chris Rock, keep my wife's name out to the so I want to ask you what, what, first of all, what that night was like from a work perspective, you know what I mean? And what the chaos of the night was like after that transpired, because I can imagine being there, you probably had a different vantage point than everybody else who was reacting to it on social media. So I just want to get your take on, on the night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, that was definitely a big deal for me. Vanity Fair uh, Oscars after party, like, whew, like, had a nice little blue carpet. So remember, um, real talk to, it almost takes away from the glamour of it, but from a working standpoint, it was pretty grueling. <laughs> it was pretty grueling. It was long hours. You kind of show up, like, because the thing is, um, you sh some people will make appearances before the show, the Oscars show. And then, so we're expected to be there beforehand. And then while they're doing the show, we're still there. And then once um, it was finished, then they all, then that's when everybody showed up for the after party. And you can imagine like just the amount, the head count there was like the red carpet. Um, so red carpets for me, surprisingly, are a lot more controlled than they kind of seem to the public. Like my perception before was like, everyone's yelling names like here and there it's crazy everywhere um I have heard that pre-COVID it might have you know there was definitely more chaos but um post-COVID when I started doing red carpets um you know I would say everyone kind of has their spot and the stars will have like they'll have their stops on the red carpet so it's a little more controlled but as you can imagine there's definitely a lot more competition like competitiveness in the red carpet um scene um 
and you'll find some photographers like a lot of them they're more old school but they've been doing it for like years and years and years um but some are more willing to work with you like oh hey they're next or some are just like feisty and they'll be like yell in like for someone's attention when it's like your turn so it's like yeah it just it's it's a lot of chaos but that night it yeah it's just it's you holding your camera for like endless guests coming through so you can see you know these little arms get a little tired sometimes <laughs> but um they did feed us in and out which I, I appreciated a lot um and yeah it was, it was really cool because um I think for us a lot of us didn't really watch I I think from what I remember they rolled out a screen for us to watch the Oscars um so I think we were aware of the slap and then so when when Will Smith, like, I think we were pretty surprised seeing him like show up to the after party, just like, just like with his big ass smile, just like enjoying himself like normal. Um, and when it came time to them coming on the carpet, like, I do remember thinking to myself, like, yo, Will Smith, like, he comes off really genuine, like, because um, a lot of stars, like, you just start to see, like, you know, the humanity in them, like their human traits, like um even though they have just like all these flashes and people calling their names like sometimes you kind of as a human you would think like you might like zone out like oh I just have to look and smile and this and that but um a lot of times you'll get to see like how they connect with the photographers um you know and knowing that it's kind of like a what do you call it um it's an equal trade it's like as much as they might want the photos or might want to look good in the photos, the photographers need the photos, need the shots as well. So it's a lot of, you know, sometimes a photographer might like yell out and like try to beg them like, hey, please, please like stop for one more. Like you'll see them like come back and stop. Like, you know, they've had like a whole day. They might, you know, be over it. Like um, you'll see like some, some of the stars like just have a genuine like niceness, just like, hey, like let me, you know, you want the shot, like, I'm gonna come on and smile for you and like, let you have the shot. So you're telling me after Will Smith smacked the black off Chris Rock, he walked in the after party smooth, <laughs> on the face, like nothing ever happened. Yep, yep. And yeah, that's why I threw up that post on my uh, Instagram. Let's just like, I was like, yo, he's, he's just loving life right now. <laughs> hey, I'm dead. Hey, listen, respect. Hey, listen, at least he stood on it. You know what I mean? At least he stood uh, on it. I, I did what I did. So, um, kind of going off what you just said as far as like the celebrities kind of working with you and, you know, understanding that they got to kind of help you out to help them out as well. Um, have you had an experience with somebody who, I guess, went pleasantly well or maybe a conversation with a celebrity and you were surprised? Like, dang, like, that was really nice of them or something like that, that, uh, that stuck with you. Because I feel like when you're going to these events or when you're doing these type of things, it's crazy the amount of people who you just rub shoulders with or might come across. And it was crazy because my brother was telling me the story last year. We worked for the Clippers and um, he was a, he was seating people in crypto. Like, so he was basically all the people who were on the floor, he would have to like walk them to their seat and like, show them where they were sitting and stuff. And he had this crazy story of like a Floyd Mayweather coming into the arena and like he's chopping up with Floyd Mayweather. He's like, and Floyd talking about, yeah, man, he's telling my brother how he's about to, buy this team in Vegas and he's going to be an owner and this and that. I was like, bro, so you're just casually having conversations with Floyd Mayweather? Like, what? That's unreal. You know what I mean? And I feel like um, 
doing the things that you've done, I feel like there had to be uh, maybe a conversation or something that I guess was uh, particularly memorable for you, maybe in some of these rooms that I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to talk about. Oh, I feel like, let me see. I feel like there's def there's probably some that I just like honestly can't like think of right now. But the most recent, I will say like being in the room with Tony Parker, mm -hmm. um, he definitely just had this really chill vibe. Like um, we were able to just like stand in a circle and just like have like a wholesome conversation after he did his filming. And then, um, you know, he was also up for like doing a short little podcast with my friend Victoria um, and then taking pictures. Like he was just like, super chill about that um and I think back like I honestly used to geek out over Tony Parker like back in the day I had to ask my friend like yo how old were we like high school probably but like just like being able to be like yo like I actually met Tony Parker um and uh I will say like this season my second season of um being able to shoot the Clippers like just kind of like able being able to see the guys just like off the court like more laid back like it's been real cool too like um this is like a silly thing but um one moment with the like Kawhi passing by I dropped my ring like all of a sudden and I was just like just gonna wait for them to pass and like pick it up but he and I think whoever he was walking um with um, they stopped like looked for the ring picked it up for me and I'm just like whoa like that was really cool of you like just like little things like that, like you wouldn't think like these big time like celebrities like have the time for or just like, you know, it's just like, yo, like at the end of the day, everyone's human. Like I try to remember that too. Like, you know, instead of getting starstruck or like, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like you just want to be able to talk to these people like we're on a human level. And that's what they want too. Like they want to be talked to like they're regular people too because they probably already always get that treatment. Like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Um, that's how I felt when I met Paul George every day at the game. And I'm like, I came back and I just got pissed with Paul George. But it's crazy because that's the good part about being a twin. They all <laughs> know my brother, obviously. And it's like, oh, you look just like your brother. So it's like, I feel like they all, they all feel like they know me by association because they know my brother. And we look exactly <laughs> like it. So, oh, what's up, bro? I, I had seen him last year. He me up. We started talking about the podcast. Obviously, my podcast, his podcast. I'm asking questions. And we're just chopping it up, having a regular conversation about expanding the podcast and different guests have one. I'm just like, yo, like, it's crazy. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like you said, these people are humans too. And a lot of times, if you take that away from them and, like, don't give them the, you don't treat that human element like it really is what it is. And I think um, they don't appreciate that either. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, you acting normal is also helping them as yeah. well. You know what I mean? And making them more comfortable. But um, I wanted to ask you about the uh LeBron moment when you shot him at the Drew League because for me obviously on I, I was in Japan when that happened and I can remember it was like I was in LA from I think March April and obviously he came over the summer so I had just missed him and I'm like dang like if I was in LA I probably would try to sneak my way in there or something so talk to me about that day, right? Because obviously he announced that he was coming like beforehand. So there were already rumblings about like LeBron coming. So I can imagine Every photographer in LA was probably trying to get in there at the Drew. Every fan in LA was trying to get in the building. So, number one, how did you hear about that opportunity? How were you able to get, kind of get in? Um, and then talk about the opportunities being able to shoot him 
at the Drew, you know what I mean? Because obviously shooting LeBron at crypto is, is a lot different because you can kind of get any shooting from the baseline. But I think being able to capture that moment in history of LeBron playing at the Drew League and in the hood where people can't really see him, you know what I mean? It's like, um, that was like a historic moment, you know what I mean? The people, the court was packed out. Like, um, just talk about what that day was like, how you were able to find out about the opportunity. And then looking back on that in hindsight, you know, what it meant to be able to be a part of that moment that people are going to be able to talk about, you know, for years to come. Yeah. Like oh, that was a, that was a mission. Like for me, I remember hearing about it. Um, well, some backstory, like the Drew League, it, you know, I was going there regularly already. So it's not just like, oh, let me just pop up because LeBron's coming. Like, it's like, no, like, I already know, like, I'm going, you know, I'm showing up. Um, but then knowing that everyone in the world was, you know, everyone in LA was going to try to pull up like that made it like, oh, shoot, like, okay, I got to like, be strategic. Um, I so that day, I still recall, like, I was already driving on my way there. Um, I got hit up by a couple people like, yo, like, if you're there, like, catches some flicks you know um I will say like uh just from my journey making connections with you know the right people um I had the blessing of of having worked with Red Bull previously and they're sponsoring the Drew League so you know I was um that kind of like fast forwarded my way in the door because there was definitely like long lines like way out the door uh, getting in the gym it was just like that place was packed like sardines like I like it was definitely like a different environment just from like how packed it was like literally every like step every little space was packed the baseline like I was just like this is not safe for these NBA players like there's no place to land or anything but you know made it work um, for the people and um yeah it was tough like kind of you know when you get in a space with like everyone wanting their their own space and like fighting over spaces like you kind of get people like bickering and stuff but at the end of the day like I'm just glad that like I kind of just mind my own business you know I come into spaces like I'll be respectful but I'll like you know hold my own um so I was able to get my shots and and I remember like um I didn't post them right away. I posted maybe like a few months after and my friend, Mike, he commented like, yo, you were just sitting on these for months. Like what? And it's because my post, if you see it, like I combined it with um, Bronny and it's weird because those pictures of Bronny, I had to actually taken previously in the summer. Like I was at Peach Jam um, and I'd taken those of Bronny then, but something in my head clicked like oh wait I have similar photos of each of them that I'm gonna like put together in a post and like that's that to me which is like motivation to like post it like I don't I, it wasn't like oh let me just post right away I was at the you know the the game with Braun like it was just more like what what motivates me to like post on in feed posts like it was just like oh let me tie it together with Bronny and um if you look at that post it's just like oh they both have one of them like me catching their like look into my camera um shots just like that so it was it was a time <laughs> that's dope that's dope um <laughs> I wanted to ask you too I know there's something that's very important to you and I was listening to you talk about this on a, a clip and you were mentioning how um important it is 
to you for you to identify with your your Asian American heritage. And obviously you being Taiwanese, um, you mentioned in the clip that you had other Asian American or Asian photographers that you looked up to when you were coming up. So number one, I have a kind of two, two part of question. Number one, I wanted to ask you like, who were some of those people who you kind of looked up to for inspiration when you were first getting into the industry? And then number two, um, how does it feel for you now to be some people that other people look up to in this space that have done all these amazing things and worked all these events and been all these in all these crazy rooms. And now people are looking at you like, dang, like, I want to be like her and being able to see you as a form of representation, not only for Asians, but for women. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that it's it's powerful to be, you know, a minority and, and to be in some of the rooms that you've been able to be in and occupy some of the spaces that you've been able to occupy. So um, what is that experience like for you? That is a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, so for the the post you're talking about, for Shoe Palace, um, my homie had asked me to be on that too. That was an honor. Um, but uh, some of the guy, some of the creatives when I first started, um, first one that pops up to mind is Julian de Guzman, um, Raw Jewels on Instagram. His videography, his um, just the the effects that he was um, throwing into his work was like just amazing off the bat. Like I remember just peeping that, um, and he was one of the very first um creatives that I reached out to and just asked like kind of those like those beginner questions like yo what camera should I get like he put me on to me buying a Sony um and yeah it's worked out ever since so uh definitely a shout out to him it's just um we just really appreciate creatives that are willing to answer these questions and help out the beginners um and then these other uh two friends um they're also a set of twins uh Eris mm -hmm. and Emmanuel the, like their work is impeccable like um definitely pioneers like in what they um are doing uh kind of combining like the hoop scene with graphics um creatives and shoes like kick game um all into one so their work is definitely um like quality that you want to strive for um and I think another I would say is Cool Mac uh Cameron who I followed for a while and kind of um just realizing that we went to the same college UCI um and having mutual friends like in the hoop because he's like definitely a hooper as well um we had mutual friends but I didn't get to meet him until I believe it was at Peach Jam first time and then coming across him um on a Google set just recently so uh yeah those are the the people like that I first looked up to um that kind of were putting like the quality and the creativity into it um and yeah it's nice now because if you notice like all the people I mentioned are guys are male so it's like me coming into it and kind of paving a way for um being a female like I've always been really proud to be a female in whatever I do um so just me having my presence as a 
Asian female uh, sports creative is amazing and kind of getting, you know, the um, seeing more and more of the girls that are stepping into the space and like reaching out for advice and like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna try to do my best to inspire them and like um, motivate them to like keep going with it because female empowerment like you know we we want to see I want to see all the girlies win so I really do hope like they um keep with it and like you know just grow into their own like um their own power if you want to call it that just with what they're doing yeah yeah that's powerful (laughs) what if you could, if you could speak to that, you know, young Asian girl right now who's maybe looking at what you're doing, Jody, and, and your page, and she's like, you know what, like I want to be her when I grow up. Um, what is something that you would tell her if you could give her uh, some advice, or if you could tell her what to expect throughout the journey? Um, what would you tell that girl? Hmm. Huh. First thing that comes up is just be brave, be bold. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of factors and um, things that can come off intimidating, and a lot of opportunities and things have worked out for me just by kind of being brave and just like stepping out of my comfort zone. Because I know like something great will come out of it. You know, it's just, um, yeah, just being like stepping into a role, even if you don't feel ready, um, stepping into it, make your mistakes, learn from them. And yeah, just like grow into like the next version of yourself. Yeah, love that, love that. So last question I asked you before we have some fun and then get on out of here is um, you've come such a long way uh, in the three years that you've kind of picked the camera back up and you were talking about it's only a second year, like shooting the Clippers. And obviously you've come so far um, in such a short amount of time. What's next for you? If you could say, you know, long-term, right? This is what I want to be doing or uh, long-term goals. We talked about like our, our goals for this year when we were uh, out, uh, outside of um, uh, shoot, with uh, what's our yard house, yard house that night. But I want to ask you, like, you know, what are your goals as far as long term? If you could say, you know, ten years from now, I want to see myself doing this, right? Like, um, what would that be? See, yeah, I get asked that a lot, and it's like I wouldn't say I have concrete goals, um, but. You know, just a lot of my kind of go with the flow type personality. It's like, yo, like, I just want to keep building what you're doing bigger, better. Um, there's other other ventures that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely scheming and, um, you know, I want to see some merch come to life. Like, um, that's always been like a dream of mine just to have my own. And um what's it called just like I said my one of my goals this year was just to try to make it more habit to vlog my life because I feel like you know those are the things like I cherish like looking back at like yo this is what I was like doing um at this time in my life 
Um, but just doing that, um, you know, maybe getting into a little influencer <laughs> era, who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, just, I, I will say like a lot of my life growing up, I definitely felt misunderstood. I feel like a lot of people like, you know, might look at me and pin me as like, you know, they think they know me, but I really don't think a lot of people do actually know like me, like what I'm about or who I am, how I am. So maybe I'm hoping like just vlogging or like, just, you know, stuff like this, like podcasts or showing more, my personality will sh like kind of give people more of an understanding like, oh, this is who I am. This is Jody. Um, and then from there, yeah, it's hard to say, like, just building empires, you know, and whatever that entails, we'll find out in the next 10 years. <laughs> love, love it. Well, I gotta say from my perspective, I um cannot wait to see what's next for you in the vlogging, the vlogging chapter, the influencer chapter. Um Whatever chapter is next for what you're doing, Jody, we're looking forward to seeing it and supporting it and showing love because we already know that um, the sky is the limit. And I think when you have gone so far and gone as far as you have in this short amount of time, um, the sky truly is the limit. So um, we're obviously excited to see where you you go from here and support the journey along the way. And we got to see that that uh, that vlog footage from from uh, the, the 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 week in LA. You know what I mean? We got a lot. Of too on the we gotta we gotta think of something to do with all that <laughs> the whole, yo it's so much like i haven't even looked at it yet because i had the camcorder then i had the sony so i'm like yeah. I, I have to go back and look through it but yo i think if we combine the the stuff that we have we could do like a we could do something crazy like something crazy no lie um all right so before we get to out the door i got a couple quick hitters for you um so these, these questions just say the first thing that comes to your mind um and uh then we'll wrap it up we'll wrap it up <laughs> so first question favorite photo you've ever taken that is so tough mm -hmm. and we ask everybody this question so no cop here. you gotta pick one <laughs> um oh there's a couple that come to mind but i think i'll give this spotlight it's one of Giannis. Um, so as part of like red carpets I was doing, I did a Disney premiere one of his movie, um, kind of with his family story. Um, wise, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, there's just one that I really like. It was, it's, I ended up making it black and white, kind of like a portrait. And it's like a side profile of him. Um, but I don't know. I was just kind of proud of that one. Like, I feel like it just, gave me that like ooh like GQ type of like like it was very versatile in like where it could be featured um yeah and I'm just like I'm gonna throw that right into the portfolio so nice that's nice okay Clippers or Lakers <laughs> <laughs> I would, honestly I um I appreciate like I, I say Clippers because mm. I would say like just from shooting them and like really like just really diving deep into like you know wanting to see them win learning about um just the players like um yeah it's Clippers it's Clippers for me 
Love it. Love it. Clip gang or don't bang. Shout out my boy H Boogie. <laughs> All right. Summer league or all-star weekend? Hmm. Okay. I'll say so from my previous experience, I got to experience all-star weekend, but I haven't yet, I have yet to experience like a summer league opening weekend. Um, but I'm gonna go with all-star weekend. Okay, and why is that? Um, just the craziness like that comes with it. Like it, it's definitely it's chaotic, it's tiring, but you know, just the kind like I said, like every it's like an adventure that you never know like who you're gonna come across or connect with. Like it's just a t a, a weekend full of like memories um to store in your store in your head. Okay. Uh favorite restaurant in LA or the LA area, you can include the IE. And mm. IE is the Inland Empire for those who are listening. Those like myself who wasn't aware of the IE before <laughs> last week. <laughs> That was me before three years ago. So, favorite <laughs> um, restaurant. I don't, I feel like there's still so much like. There's still so many, like, on a bougie level that I need to try because <laughs> I feel like I'm you know not at that point in my life yet where I can just go treat myself to like this nice nice restaurant. But, um, just my favorite cuisine off the bat is. So my two favorites are prime rib and sushi. So just, I don't know. I eat it like, there's a lot of restaurants that like Korean barbecue, throw that in the mix. Like I just love to eat. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Last quick hitter I got for you. Favorite peanut M&M's memory slash story. Dang. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. Well, for one, the New, <laughs> New Year's Eve, we we still we still joke about this, but it's a memory, but it's also not a memory because <laughs> <laughs> there were drinks involved. I just know a time was had. Um, but I feel like that kind of kickstarted like, yo, like we're really doing like you think about it, like New Year's Eve is kind of like, oh, you spend that time with like special people. And it's like, yo, like we like, we hung out on New Year's Eve, like we kicked it and it was amazing um and from there it's just like yeah I knew we could just like kind of like clown each other for like <laughs> little things um and then the next is universal because like yo that was a whole day spent together we had a little backyard feast a little little incident <laughs> that <laughs> brings you closer um then just a whole day at, or half a day at Universal, but we made the most of it. Like, honestly, your guys' first time being there, like, um, going on the rides, like, that was fun. And then even ending it with some more, like, with a late night dinner, like, it was just, yeah, it was just, like, an amazing, like, hangout day for friends. No, facts, facts. I was definitely going to say uh, Universal for sure. Um from the the Harry Potter ride, Isaiah almost losing his stuff out of his pocket, to the Jurassic Park, and everybody's scared to get wet. <laughs> that was a great day. And Isaiah dug in the shots too, man. Isaiah, that's crazy about you. That's crazy about you. But um, I think that the New Year's thing was super cool, though, because like you said, like, you don't just spend New Year's with anybody. 
So after we did the New Year's, first of all, shout out Bakari at Silver Lake because that was top tier. <laughs> top tier, food top tier, environment top tier. This is not a sponsored post, by the way. If y'all in LA, I need to go check out Bakari at Silver Lake. And shout out to our server too, who was holding us down. You know what I mean? Um, but nah, I would definitely say, uh, yeah, that night was, I think that's what kind of kicked everything off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Just like sure. knowing like, we're all up for a good time like you know what I mean and it's like and the best part is that we have the memories we have the vlogs we have the disposable cameras um to like those are always the best when it's like yo like remember this time guys like here's the memory I'm gonna put my I gotta I gotta put that stuff in the chat so we everybody can kind of see this stuff when I go through the camera Remember the cartwheel attempt? Isaiah's cartwheel oh, <laughs> oh yeah like some of the best parts are our uh uh what is it called bet bet you wouldn't oh oh, oh <laughs> what are the odds what are the odds what are the odds, odds those are, are the best odds are odds yeah. are oh my god the strip club the strip club <laughs> 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 Every or they'll find out on our vlogs because we yeah, have yeah. stay tuned man stay tuned for the <laughs> team M&M. man we got stories for days for you guys we got stories for days but hey um, i will say that popped up actually Going back to the restaurant question, uh, one of my recent favorites is called Five on the Hill. Mm. Um, I went there for my birthday lunch or birthday dinner um, just because I was like kind of excited. They had a, this little happy hour um, with seafood and then margaritas, like definitely top tier. And that's actually a spot that I was thinking like, oh, maybe we could go since we were right there by Universal. But mm. next time, next time. y'all gotta Five on the Hill? Yeah, Five on the Hill. Yeah. Writing that down, writing that down in the middle. <laughs> um, right, so the last question we always ask all of our guests is who should we have next on the What's in Your Bag podcast? But whoever you say, you got to get in your point guard bag and give us the assists and help us get them on the show. Ooh, let's see, let's see. Oh my God, so many come to mind. I mean, would you, is there any like, direction like you kind of want like you know what I mean like so I say we've had a bunch of photographers so I think we're, we're cool on the photographer end for now but anybody who I say I mean we've had basketball players on here like um T-Man was on the show we have my boy Haywood Highsmith plays for the heat my boy Hamdou Diallo we've had stylists on here we've had designers we've had managers obviously Ashton was on um mm -hmm. So we've had people kind of in all type of realms. So whether it's content creation, whether it's agents, anything like that, I think anybody who you think will has a, has a great story that people would um, would enjoy hearing, I think uh, will be a great recommendation. Yeah, because like you said, like a, a bunch of like my photographer friends pop up. Like I'd love to like you know have them all share their stories. But when you say you know some different, um, my girl Carrie comes to mind um she she is like a queen in like the social media aspect and like she's been she's done huge um big things huge accomplishments um she's pretty well known like in different like I feel like honestly like every you know new person I connect with like we see I see her as a mutual so I'm like oh yo like you've just you know been all over so um 
yeah, Carrie, like I'm a, I'm a, a shout her out. And like you said, you know, make this sis, uh, hit her up and tell her all about you. <laughs> sure. All right. Say less. Say this. Well, Carrie, if you listen to this, we'll be tapping in with you soon. We'll be tapping in with you soon. But, um, Dodie, I definitely want to say thank you for coming on the podcast today. Um, it was a pleasure obviously just being able to hear your story and allow the world to hear your story and, and get to know kind of how you got to where you are today. Um, for myself, I definitely just want to say like, again, like I mentioned at the beginning of the, of the podcast, you're definitely, um, you, Ashley and Isaiah, I mean, you guys, I've known Isaiah previously, but um, you're definitely somebody who I can say I'm, I'm very confident we're going to be friends for a very, very long time, you know, just based on time that I spent with you, um, how genuine you are, how kind you are. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for being a great person. Um, and I look forward to celebrating your successes, your wins, and everything else that's going to come your way this year and many years after that. So um, thank you for coming on today. And I really, really appreciate it. I really look forward to what the rest of the peanut M&Ms are going to accomplish going forward. Back at you, Drew. Keep doing it big. You're an amazing host. Like this was actually like just super fun conversation. Like I love the questions you asked. Like I do feel like that kind of let me share like different parts of my story, like just being able to talk. So appreciate you. <laughs> no, guys, and be sure to, you know, follow along the journey of the peanut M&M's, man. It's, it's going way up this year, man. I'm trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you. It's going way, way up. But um, guys, this has been another episode of the What's In Your Bag podcast presented by Bet Online. As always, folks, make sure you're liking this podcast, subscribing this, to this podcast. Give us a five-star rating. It goes a long way. Go ahead and tap that button. Um, tell a friend to tell a friend about the What's In Your Bag podcast. We have some wonderful guests coming up, some wonderful stories to tell. But until next time, folks, peace. Peace. Suave. 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 I've been in my bag for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams of right rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different route, change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly now- Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.